Majestic. That's the word that uh, David's psalm both begins with and it ends with. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Other translations have rendered that word majestic as how excellent is your name in all the earth. How wonderful is your name in all the earth. How exalted is your name in all the earth. But we'll go with the word majestic since it's there in the bulletin for today. And everything else that is in between these opening and closing verses of Psalm 8 describe why the Lord's name is majestic. It is that name of the Lord that we lift up today on this first Sunday after Pentecost. For more than a thousand years in the life of the people of Christ, the Christian church has set aside this day, this Sunday after Pentecost, as a day to honor and praise the name of the triune God. Three in one and one in three. Every worship service, every gathering of Christ's people is always in the name of this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but this day is especially dedicated to that purpose. And so we would do well to consider David's words written thousands of years ago, but still appropriate for our own lives, our own journey of faith today. How majestic is your name? So may the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. God's name is important, just as we consider our own names to be important today as well. Uh, the second commandment speaks to just how important this is to God, as he says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Names are special to God and to us. We don't want people abusing, misusing, mocking our names, and neither does the Lord. Instead of using God's name to curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, or deceive, as Luther writes in his explanation to this commandment, instead, we are called upon to call upon God's name in every trouble to pray and praise and give thanks. And so the question before us then on this Holy Trinity Sunday is, is God's name revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Is that name being used in such a way that it is majestic or just sort of meh? Majestic. It's an adjective, right? An adjective describes a person or thing. So what do we mean exactly when we say that God's name is majestic. The meaning of the original Hebrew word here depends on what is being described, whether it is a person or a thing. If it's a thing of a physical object, the word majestic implies strength, it implies power, and scripture uses this word when describing the waves of the ocean often referred to in the Psalms especially. They are majestic because they are strong, because they are they're powerful. They have the power to destroy things. 
when the waves get moving, when they increase in size and intensity, they can destroy ocean-going vessels and ships. They can alter coastlines and overrun cities. They can take human lives. <laughs> Do we not stand in awe at the raw power of the ocean and its waves? It is a, indeed a powerful and awesome and a terrible thing. Scripture also uses the word majestic when describing other things like trees, for example. They too are majestic because they have the ability, being deeply rooted, to withstand even gale force winds. I remember some years ago traveling with my family out to the West Coast for a niece's wedding, and we took the Pacific Coastal Highway from the <coughs> excuse me, Bay Area of California all the way up the coast and went to Seattle. And on the way, we stopped to visit some of the coastal redwoods there in California. Anyone ever been there before? Those are just awesome and inspiring and amazing things to see. I remember with my family walking through, I think it was the Muir Woods where we went. Everybody familiar with those, Muir Woods? Aren't they beautiful? And just talking with one another in these hushed, reverential tones because of the beauty and the majesty of these thousands of year old trees and the history that they had witnessed, in my mind, that was not only a beautiful spot, it was a holy place indeed. Majestic things have strength, power to smash, destroy, like the waves of the ocean, but power to stand firm and tall like the trees. But there's another meaning to this word majestic here in Psalm 8. This one a little bit different than what I just described to you when referring to things. When this word is used to describe people, it is referring to those who are leaders, to royalty, or to rulers. Like waves of the ocean and trees of the forest, they are also strong, they are also powerful. Such leaders demonstrate, excuse me, demonstrate strength with integrity and humility in serving with a heart of compassion. Such leaders also show forth power as they're able to destroy the enemies who threaten the people entrusted to their care. They stand firm in conviction and truth when others crumble and compromise. Such leaders are majestic. Now you're starting to see a connection then between what David wrote long ago in Psalm 8 and this triune God whom we worship and serve? God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is majestic in showing power and strength. 
God the Father is creator. That's depicted with that upper panel high above the altar there. God the Father's creating hand in blessing. It's open. It's not closed tight in a fist to destroy or threaten, but open in fellowship and blessing. God the Father creator who has brought all things into existence and this is what Psalm 8 describes and celebrates the marvelous creating hand of God. God the Father. God the Son is the Redeemer depicted here by the cross suspended high above the altar that cross by which we have been redeemed. We've been set free from the enemies who held us captive to sin, to death, to hell and destruction. As Paul, or rather Peter writes, and as Luther takes up in his explanation to the second article of the creed, we've been redeemed not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ who gave his life on the tree of the cross for our salvation. And in so doing, the Lord's power and his strength have routed the enemies who threatened his people. God, Father, Creator. God, Son, Redeemer. God, Holy Spirit, Sanctifier. That's the lowest panel here above the altar. It depicts what we celebrated last Sunday with the Feast of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Notice the dove here is coming down, not winging his way up and away from us, but coming to dwell in our midst within the hearts of the people of God and those flames of fire that penetrate through barriers of language and culture and whatever divisions there may be among people on earth so that the good news of Jesus may indeed be proclaimed. This same spirit poured out at Pentecost is poured out upon us today as well, beginning in the waters of holy baptism where we are marked with the cross of Christ, where we are sealed by the Holy Spirit for life and salvation, where we're given the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in his presence. This is the one who calls us and who keeps us in this one true faith. The Spirit is always pointing us, pushing us, drawing us to Jesus, who then presents us to his Father and our Father. So how can we help but say with David, O Lord, our Lord, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David's psalm celebrates the incredible beauty and complexity of the heavens and the earth that are all around us. But it doesn't stop there. David's psalm also celebrates 
man who is a little lower than the heavenly beings, crowned with glory and honor, who's been given authority and dominion over all creation. But it doesn't stop there. You see, if David's words only called us to rejoice in the glory of creation or the glory of mankind, we would be left hanging. We would not have the whole story here because we would not be pointed to the God of all creation. And that would indeed be a great injustice. These things are not ends in themselves, but they serve to glorify the one who made them. The whole reason for David's psalm is to move us from the glory and beauty of what God has made to the glory and beauty of God himself. Recently, I went to uh, visit a member uh, in her home who's battling cancer. It was a day sort of like today, overcast, dreary, drizzly, rainy. I visited, was getting ready to leave, standing on the front step. It was still drizzling, raining, and I made some offhand remark about the weather and how dreary and gray it was. And she said, but look how beautiful the raindrops are on this Nandina bush here by the front door. And that was very convicting to me because she saw what I did not. She saw the wonder and beauty of what God had made, even on a dreary, gray, rainy sort of day. So when it finally stops raining, and we are able to sit outside on a clear summer night and watch the stars in the night sky, let us rejoice and give thanks to God who made them all. Or when we travel over the coming months to the ocean and contemplate the vastness, the power of that ocean and its waves, or we travel to the mountains and see those trees firmly rooted on the mountain sides and tops, or wherever we may go, taking in the wonder and the splendor of the world God has made, let us turn our hearts and our minds to the wonder and splendor of God himself. On this Holy Trinity Sunday, on every Sunday, and indeed every day which God gives to us, we join with David in saying, O Lord, our Lord, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thanks be to God. Amen.